Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Here we go. Welcome back to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show. I'm super excited to have the product bosses here with us in the house. Hey, ladies. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Thanks hey, for having hey. us. I'm excited to have you guys here today. And uh, we were just chatting. I, you know, Amy and I interviewed on your show. It was almost, I think, a year ago now. I don't know, because 2020 is like five years. Uh-huh. So we're not really sure. But at some point, we have connected in the past. And uh, I'm super excited to get you guys out front with our community, because you guys have an awesome thing going on. You're teaching entrepreneurs around the world how to really build these multiple streams of income in product-based businesses. So I'm excited to have you guys school us. Um, on how we can do that too. And so uh, welcome to the show. First of all, how are you? We're great. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I'm excited to have you guys. Okay. So first of all, why don't you guys give a little bit of the rundown of like how you got into the product space particular specifically. And then why don't you talk a little bit about like kind of the way that you teach entrepreneurs to organically uh, build and market their products and kind of what sales channels you're seeing work right now. And just kind of like, you know, give us a little bit of an insight as to like where you're really specializing and, and leading entrepreneurs through with this process. Of course. So I am a fashion business strategist, but I'm a fashion designer by trade. And since 2007, I've actually helped consult and start up over 2000 fashion brands. And so that's something that I was doing and I've done for a while now when I had my own accessories brand. And Mina was has a business called Little Labels and she was selling it on Amazon. And we actually met online through another female entrepreneur uh, community. And we started talking all things product. And then we were really inspired by, we would talk on Voxer and just talk at each other instead of with each other for so long. And um, so my background is really from the traditional perspective. So I've consulted people on starting fashion lines from wholesale and retail and direct to consumer. And really before there was ever social media to sell through. Um, And then I had my own business. And then Mina... Yeah. So as Jacqueline mentioned, I am the owner of Little Labels and we kind of, we call it our love story. We met online and um, decided, hey, we should start a podcast. Actually, it was Jacqueline's idea. I'm much more of an introvert. And so we thought, okay, let's do it. But before that, we actually met in person at a trade show and I spoke on one of her panels that were was at a fashion trade show. And so we knew that we had... Um, an audience that needed something from us. And so it was really proven at that trade show that there was this, um, you know, realm of product boss entrepreneurs online that had no idea what to do. And so we validated that pretty much at the trade show because we had so many questions. Everybody was, you know, uh, really excited and they wanted more from us. And so we started a podcast and, and I guess that's where we say the rest is history because here we are 2020 and we have a really big community of anywhere from, um, people who manufacture, um, all the way. And then also makers and crafters and just every type of physical product-based business. And we are, we have masterminds and, um, and courses. And it's, it's crazy to think back. Yes. As you mentioned, 2020 is crazy. Even thinking about 2020, our business has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
And we do, we work with startups. So we work with people that are on Etsy that are looking to grow off of Etsy. We work with startups, people just coming up with the idea. We have people that are multi seven figures that we work with. So what are we seeing work right now? Well, during 2020 with the pandemic, everyone freaked out back in March um, because a lot of our students in our community rely on in-person shows, in-person markets, farmers markets, trade shows, whatever it is, whether you sell wholesale or direct to consumer, and that got canceled. And also boutiques, brick and mortars had to shut their doors. And so we really had to help them transition very quickly into selling online. And the very first way we did that was just what was a free tool to you right away? Well, we had social media, whether you had 200 followers or 20,000 followers, it didn't matter. That was the very first thing that we really wanted them to lean into. And we really have them lean into video as much as so much of our community are introverts. And they're like, I don't want to be the face of my brand. Yes. Um, But right now that's what we're seeing. And then we're seeing, I mean, Kelly, skyrocketing sales online. So Shopify earlier in the year reported back in the spring, they were seeing Black Friday level shopping online. And I think there's a new stat that they're thinking over 70% of Americans will do all of their shopping online this uh, holiday season. And so really the most important thing that we've been leaning into for all of our customers is we do believe in multiple platforms. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, but right now the time is, is to be online, however that is, whether it's a website through another online uh, platform, whether you're on social media, whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. It, it's so interesting because it always ends up coming back to video in some way or shape or form. I always say you can't escape it. I'm like, if mm-hmm. you are going to be in business, you got to get comfortable with video, right? And, and you can do it your way and you can do it however is authentic for you, but video is going to be important no matter what space you're in. So when you guys look at your clients that have had just the best results, whether they came in startup or maybe they came in seven figures and they're like, we want to take this new product to market and, you know, want to have success with it. What would you say are the, the top two or three strategies that they're doing well right now that are really working? So we talked about being online, talked about leveraging video, right? Uh, what are the strategies that you guys are seeing people get the most traction with within that? I think one of the main ones is that they're going back to the customer. So during this time, because we all are in really weird times, so many decisions, and we feel um, kind of stuck a little bit, the people that took action and actually came back to their customers' needs and their existing customers were really the ones that stood out. Because once we're past COVID-19, we will remember the people that were in it with us during this time. And so we've had uh, our clients really think about delivering more value to their customers. Can they you know, deliver curbside? Can they give a little bit of something extra? Um, Are they offering, we saw a lot of people doing video consultations actually like, um, you know, adding to here's how this would look on you in a video format, you know, in like a Zoom call, let's say. So they really did pivot and made it um, happen with the existing customers that they had because they knew that those are the ones they could connect with more deeply. I am so happy to hear you say that. I hope everyone is like leaning in and listening up because I believe that increasing the lifetime value of a customer is the most important sales and marketing strategy. And it is completely overlooked and it is never talked about online. The only thing that's ever talked about online is new customer acquisition. 
Mm-hmm. The only thing I ever talked about, but retaining your customers and then building brand loyalty and then getting them to refer other people. I mean, I, I specialize in the service-based world. So I'm like on the opposite side of where you guys are, but we're saying the same exact thing. And so I think it's really interesting. And for everybody listening, right, your customers are your best brand loyalists, your brand advocates, the, the best assets that you have. And and I think, and it's very sad because what I have noticed over the period of 2020 is that across the board, customer service has plummeted in every space, in every arena. Um, so as a consumer, that's very frustrating. As a business coach, it's a massive opportunity, right? So what you're saying there is not only is that very important and, and does that work across spaces, but I think the trend is, is that people are cutting service-based professionals. They're pulling back on the things that they did for customers to go above and beyond. And that's creating a massive gap and opportunity for online entrepreneurs that actually are paying attention and stepping into that space, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. I feel like there was this point pre-COVID where as, and we're coaches, we're service, we're coaches and we have a service-based business where you kind of get a big head about it, right? I don't need to spend time with that or my team will get back to you on that. You know, it's very, it was very far away. You tried to remove yourself from the customer. The thing that we see, and we have multi seven figure businesses that the owners are still in their DM. They're still on Instagram and they're making sure that their customers are taken care of. And so I think there was that return to personalization or Um, like really above and beyond customer service, like, because life is hard right now. Yes. Things are hard. And if you don't have the, you want to just make it a little bit easier for them because they will, the second, if you don't respond, they will find someone else to meet their needs. We saw that with Amazon, right? How many of us are Amazon prime two day delivery? And then all of a sudden Amazon could not ship to you in two days and Amazon had um, essentials only. And that's when we told our students to really lean in yeah. What can they not get right now from you? And how can you ship faster than Amazon? This is your only opportunity ever to beat out Amazon. Yes. Yes. I love that. So smart. So there's two areas I would love for you guys to kind of explore a little bit deeper with everyone. And I think this kind of spans across service as well as retail and product base. Number one, I would love to hear from you guys what you're seeing in your community and with your clientele around what's working really well with ambassadors with getting brand loyalists out there promoting products specifically, because going back to that conversation that we just had about brand loyalty, customer service, all of those things, I feel like developing a good ambassador program for your product-based business and your service-based business is really one of the most important sales and marketing activities. Again, I think people see it as an extra. I don't really see it as an extra. I I see it as a center of the circle. Um, So can you guys talk a little bit about what are you seeing in that space? What's hot? What's not? What's working? Um, where where do you see people really thriving in building those types of communities? Well, I think it comes down to what we see even in out in the wild is that if you're going to be calling somebody, you never want that to be a cold call. It should always be a warm call on your side. So the same goes with online. If you want to have an ambassador, you need to know about that ambassador. You probably need to circle them, warm yourself up to them. It's a connection and a relationship just like anything else. So you have to decide if it's a good fit and they have to reciprocate. Yeah. You know, and so it becomes a warm um, relationship and you can approach them a lot better that way. And it goes, um, it goes further too. 
they're, they feel more invested. They feel taken care of. They talk about you more because they're a raving fan. And um, when you talk about ambassador program, it really is when you think about it, word of mouth, right? Yeah, and word of mouth has worked since the day of Absolutely. you know marketing yeah. and offline online everywhere within little families out you know in big big groups so our world has expanded now because it's online and yeah. with ambassadors there's still that really um deep connection that they have with their customers their audience so the better fit your relationship is with those people that you choose to represent your brand um you have to do the research and the homework ahead of time to make sure it's the right relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and that warm up period is so key too. Right. Uh And I think knowing, knowing also like what is the avatar for like the right type of person to be a brand ambassador, where it's going to be, where the relationship's going to have like that stickiness factor. Right. It's not going to be like a one-time thing. Really. And we are seeing there is a better, return on investment with the time you put into ambassadors and influencers um, in that 10,000 to 50,000 follower range Mm -hmm. versus anything above that. Like if you're getting to a hundred thousand, 200,000, a million, you're not seeing that happen for a small businesses to really stand out in the crowd of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys seeing, what are the trends that you're seeing right now in terms of like paid influencer marketing in terms of leveraging those 10 to 50,000 audiences? What are kind of the trends that you're seeing there right now? What's working? Well, I think if you're aiming for the under 50,000 and some people call them micro influencers that you can do an exchange of product versus having to pay for it. Um, you can hire, you know, people with hundred or you can pay hundred thousand plus, but you don't get the same ROI. So the trends that we're seeing, and we like, again, we have businesses that we work with that have built these multi-million dollar businesses through Instagram pretty much alone. And it's been through influencers that that really like the product, want to wear the product and they wear it. So it's hard. You can push it out. There's that first initial push of finding influencers and starting to work with them. And we always tell our students that they should test it first, a little toe in the water, give them a few options, not all the options. Don't say, this is my entire website, pick whatever you want. Um, And it should be what you want to market for that season. It's not just kind of anything because it's a marketing campaign. Then you see how they do when they talk about it. um, And like Mina said, though, you do definitely research them before and make sure that they align with your with your brand and how they talk about other products. You know, if you sell kids stuff, does this mom aligned with the way that you have stuff for kids. Um, then what we say is that you test it with them with some product. And if you see an ROI on that, if you see that you're starting to get a kick, uh, that there's like an up in followers or sales, then you can take it a step further and maybe potentially do some sort of collaboration where you offer a discount to their followers, but it's kind of baby steps. They're real people and they're real relationships. So I think that the whole kind of thing that we're seeing here though, throughout this whole thing is like right now it's really about real relationships. Yeah. Which I love, by the way, I've been like waiting for this moment for so long I'm, like, so happy because I feel like there's been just this obsession with automation and digitizing everything. And I love social media. My business is built on social media, but at the end of the day, it is real relationships and it is human connection. And I feel like a lot of people have struggled a lot trying to build their business, leveraging automation because we're abusing it. It's meant to amplify relationships and accelerate them. 
not replace them. And I, I love that that is coming out in everything that we're talking about here. There's a huge opportunity to use AI and to use automation and to use, um, you know, the things that you can digitize, but, but use it to amplify and accelerate, not to replace. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 So tell me a little bit about what you guys are seeing in the wholesale space right now. Um, I know coming from business to business, you know, in that world, you know, obviously the, there's upside, you know, to dealing with big contracts and, and these massive deals, but there's also downside, right? And, you know, wholesale is very much the same, right? There's, you know, there's huge product distribution visibility, you know, and, and you, can, you can strike these, these big dollar deals, but there's also, you know, things that come with that as well. So who are you seeing that's really winning with those types of deals right now? And, and what are kind of the nuances of what you're seeing really work there right now? Well, for example, Walmart, Mina sells her product on walmart.com and there's, they're really starting to try and be competitive with Amazon. So it's actually an open marketplace. In some ways you have to be accepted, but it's open marketplace versus them placing a PO and you shipping them product and they're sort of, they're paying you out. So there are, what we're starting to see is some bigger businesses and big box stores are starting to get competitive with having open marketplaces. So they don't have to sit on the inventory or pay it out, but yet they, you do have access to their customer base. When it comes to wholesale with boutique business, some boutiques are older businesses and they are not able to transition as quickly or even understand or grasp. And that's a lot of our students. I mean, bless their hearts, let me tell you. And we're like, get your iPhone and walk around the store and show yeah. people stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so those are the ones, I think those are the, the boutiques and brick and mortars that if you do have wholesale deals with them, it's a little bit of a struggle. There are new platforms these days to replace wholesale markets and trade shows. Um, one is a very popular one, which is fair.com or bulletin.co. And buyers are on there and they're able to buy and they're able to buy more in real time. So we are seeing some people still have wholesale, but it's decreased. Yeah. Where people are thriving is in innovative product or products that they know that customers need. We have, we've seen trends that things are going to lean towards home care, um, anything that's, you know, nail care, hair care, things at home, immunity boosting, um, anything that makes home and your body and family and kids better. And so I think that's what we're seeing in terms of trends that wholesalers are leaning into. Um, does it mean you can't sell your jewelry wholesale right now? It doesn't because some brands are still, people are still shopping. And for example, if you sold to revolve.com, they're still buying and selling online, but maybe their budget is less for jewelry versus comfy sweatpants. Yep. Yep. No, that makes total sense. That's great. So for you guys, like talk to me a little bit about like, what are you most excited about in terms of where you're taking the company next and kind of where you want to lead the people that are coming to you to learn about how to get their products out in the world and sell more of them? It's a great question. Um, do you want to go? Uh, you go first. Let okay. Me think on that a minute. Well, this year was supposed to be our repeatable year. And then, you know, <laughs> 2020 <laughs> threw it Not in a garbage disposable. One month was you repeated. Plans, God laughs. Remember? Yes. Yes. So we are, we actually realized yesterday was our anniversary of our first launch of our digital course when it was actually available, which is multi-shoe machine. We had put it on click funnels. We had ads running to it. It was a very one year anniversary. Um, before that we had pre-sold it and done sort of like a beta test. And what we've seen is that, um, 
from digital courses that there is definitely a need in the market and that product entrepreneurs just do not have physical product entrepreneurs do not have the support. And that's why the podcast has been so successful and our courses and our masterminds. So moving forward, we are going to come out with a secondary course. Um, another one of our, another signature course, we've come out with a suite of courses and, um, small, smaller kind of like opt-ins. Um, so we're going to try and repeat next year, sort of based on this year, funny enough, because other than, you know, March throwing a wrench in our plans and we created a course like immediately to respond to what was happening. We, we know when the courses are available. Yeah. We're allowed, we're actually doing masterminds, but we're doing shorter term masterminds. So there's this time, I think you actually coach this to be longer, like to get people signed up longer. But what we're seeing is that it's really scary. Product people have their money invested into cost Mm -hmm. of goods and inventory. And while most of them stay past three months, we're just trying to get people in and support them through all of this for three months. And then we've had people now on for like 18 months. So masterminds courses, and then continuing to show up online and continue to offer free content. And I think next year, cross your fingers, every quarter, we're going to have a repeatable marketing season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, um, 2020, the big shift that Jacqueline and I made was in how we teach and how we coach. And I think that one thing that we're going to see last through all this is, and even in wholesale, is that there will be this rise to the top for education. People will start to emphasize education on even the trade show side, for example, as being like a value add. Okay. With us being coaches, when throughout 2020, we had to really, our coaching ended up being more like encouragement and cash injection. Because we didn't, we couldn't plan far enough because I mean, next week something would change. Right. And so as we shift into the new year, I think that would change a little bit. It will still be encouragement, of course, through support of women, helping women, um, you know, just like we have been doing, but it'll be more long-term. Hopefully we'll be able to settle into the year and help the businesses really think about what they need to do to possibly get onto more platforms and do what, um, and contribute to the income of their, their family and their household. Whereas right now it's more focused on what do you need to pivot? What's your messaging? How can you make money right now in the next few months to make sure that you keep your, you make as much as you can? Um, because we don't know what the fall is going to look like. We already are seeing a shift in the seasons. Holiday season is already here and it's August just ended, for example, right? So there's been a shift and we're kind of navigating that, but it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting for our whole entire audience. Um, We're still learning as like, even being on the consumer side, what's that going to look like? So we're kind of, you know, um, wading our way through all of that, but it'll be exciting to see how these businesses have grown in such a unique time because they, they started being more visible, standing out. Same with us. We've never shown up as much as we have during this time ever. I don't think that I've ever shown up ever in my whole life this much. (laughs) Again, Mina's the introvert and I'm the extrovert. She's like, you want me to do what? Um, I will say the one thing that I'm super excited about is the millionaires that we're making or the seven figure businesses that are coming out of this. So I think what we've been talking a lot about is breaking your own glass ceiling and whether it's making your first six figures, multi six figures, seven figures. We had a student yesterday tell us that she's she sells yarn and she hit a million dollars yesterday in sales. She's like, I sold string and I made a million dollars. And so it's sort of just also the longer we're in business, seeing these massive changes for our students and our masterminders. And it's kind of like, 
oh, it's working or it's coming true for them because it doesn't happen overnight, but, but the longer run business. So I can't wait to see from the breakout year that everyone had this year, um, what next year looks like for our students. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting when you can do a repeatable year. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the momentum and velocity that you can create by taking what was already done and, and really stretching it and multiplying and duplicating is huge. And I talk so much about that, obviously. Um, and excited for you guys also. Uh, I know like in the product side, you know, of course this year was so much about, like you said, like in that moment, but I think next year you'll have that opportunity to really work with people on more of a strategic vision and long-term plan, which it sounds like you guys get really excited about seeing people like fulfill that bigger, per, you know, bigger picture, bigger vision. And I think you'll have a lot more opportunity to do that next year than you did this year, even though it sounds like your clients are doing amazing already. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, they for really sure. Are. That's really exciting. So uh, for you guys, you know, just some, some advice for the listeners that want to get into products, you know, top, you know, top three mistakes you see people make getting into the product world and then top three things that you feel like are absolute must as they step into taking a product to market for the first time. Um, I can do the mistakes, Jacqueline. Okay. You want to do the other ones? Sure. Okay. So I can rattle these off the top of my head because we've worked with so many people yeah. and I can tell you exactly yeah. where they make the mistakes. The first one is that they don't research enough when they get into it. They yeah. have this idea and they don't realize that they need to research the competition. How much is it going to cost? What, the, what their margin is going to be? So they fall short on the research side. Yeah. Second thing is that they don't validate the idea. So they don't come up with a minimum viable product and prove the concept of somebody buying it from them in order to say, oh, now that I know somebody's willing to pay me money for this, then I will take the next step forward. And the third one is super important. And it's something um, that's going to be kind of a combined suggestion. And that is, we all think that we can do it alone and it's impossible. We saw that, especially in this year, that it was an especially hard year. And for those people that really did well were the ones who found community and connection. Mm -hmm. And that was because it was a traumatic time to go through all these different things. And though it wasn't like our, some, for some people, the best year ever, it's a very important year for every single one of us. So that's the other thing. And then also investing in yourself is kind of the tail end of that because uh, we see people they always put themselves on the back burner, especially in times when so many things are happening. But really, you know, one of the things that you can do to help yourself is invest in yourself and then surround yourself with people that, that encourage you to do that. Absolutely. So okay. good. So, yeah. so good. Okay. Awesome. And then the three things that tell you to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it. number one is a repeat of what Mina said is minimal viable product. So when you come out with a product, don't come out with all of the things. Now I work in fashion and we kind of come out with collections, but for example, if you're going to come out with a bathing suit line, you don't have to do bathing suits, hats, towels, sandals, right? You're coming out with bathing suits and you would lean into a, a group of styles. Um, if like Mina does little labels, which are baby bottle labels, they're washable and they go on your, your kids' things to go to daycare and preschool. Um, so for example, when she came out, she came out with baby bottle labels, animal friends, and maybe a secondary print. So, but the minimal viable product is what can you do to validate the product? Sometimes you can do it with physical product and sell it. Sometimes you can pre-sell it or get it on Kickstarter. Sometimes you can actually just create a social media account and start to post content that, or let's say, um, I don't know, a bunch of ways to label your bottles 
and then see if people follow and resonate. And then you could say, okay, here's my product solution for you. So that would be minimal viable product. Second thing is that you do want to price correctly. So making sure that you have the people that can scale with you. And obviously in the very, very beginning, you might be making things and doing all the things yourself, but when you're looking at, at the costs, the things are costed correctly. So, um, make sure to pay yourself if you're a maker, a lot of times they don't, they, again, it's kind of the same thing as self-care. You kind of just forget about yourself. Um, and then the third thing I would say is that we suggest that you are, uh, you go deep and not wide. So it's kind of the same thing as the minimal valve product a little bit, but deep, not wide, which means if you're going to come out with bath and body line, um, do you do, you know, bath bombs, soaps, lotions, body sprays, mist candles, all the things, or do you try something or you lean into certain scents, you make sure that those work and then you do variations on what works. So we don't want you to spend all of your money on all of the things we want you to test. It's always about testing, costing it correctly and go deep, not wide. Love it. So, so good. I love it. Okay. So obviously we want to get people listening to your show, the product boss podcast, right? So Mm -hmm. you guys are iTunes and everywhere else podcasts are right. Right. Anywhere you listen. Cool. Awesome. And where else should people come hang out with you guys, connect with you guys, learn more about all the incredible stuff that you're doing. So we are at the product boss everywhere. So we're on Instagram a lot and in our Mm -hmm. DMS there. So if you ever need anything, you can DM us. We also have our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the product boss and the product boss.com. And of course, just come hang out with us on the podcast. We do two shows a week and it's pretty awesome. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. It's so awesome to have you on the show today. And thank you for all of the incredible tips and strategies and insight that you guys shared and uh, keep up the great work. Excited to see where you guys go in the rest of 2020 and 2021. I know great things are ahead. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks, ladies. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and we love to keep climbing. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs to help them grow and scale their businesses online. And thank you so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each week. Here's to our next 600 episodes together.